Hey folks, welcome into Onto Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Patrick Mooney and Sahadev Sharma of The Athletic. And we're here to talk Cubs stuff on the heels of what I feel like has been a... Um, I feel like this has been the rhythm for the Cubs for a lot this year, where they like suck at the start of a series and then <laughs> salvage a little bit at the end, which, you know, if it's a four-gamer, maybe they take two and they split it, as they did with the Brewers. But those three-gamers, they were frequently only taking the one and so that's how you end up with a you know terrible record as the Cubs have right now but um it does leave us I I always feel chippy chipper or chipper not chippier (laughs) but like chipper all right I'm gonna go with chipper uh at at the end at the end of a series you know more than is justified because the Cubs won the finale in these situations and so I feel uh you know I feel pretty upbeat today although I got a I got to point out some feedback here at the top. We got some feedback if you guys want to hear it. So uh, it's well-meaning and it's, uh, you know, critical of me. So you guys will probably yes, appreciate go it. for it. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah, definitely share. <laughs> I uh, So in the interest of facilitating sort of ongoing um, interrelated dialogue on the podcast, as opposed to always going round table as we do. I, I try to interject sometimes. You know, I try to, to, to slide in the thoughts or slide in a joke or whatever. Uh, I got a little bit of, got a little criticism of that, that I'm, that I'm doing it t- too much and too forcefully to keep the conversation on point. And I will not ask you guys to respond to that. I will just be mindful of it, and I'm going to do it more and harder than I've ever done before <laughs> as Wait, a response to that. You're feedback. interjecting too often and taking the discussion off yeah. course? Yes, that is that uh, was the feedback. Okay. Now, I, I went back. So in a non-defensive way, I was sort of like, well, do you have some examples so I can go back and listen to it? Because I don't think we know, you know, right. we try to be self-aware, but you kind of don't know until you go back and listen to it. And, and there are you know he offered an example it was from one that you and i did just the two of us Sahadev, and it was uh we were talking about wilson Contreras. they, always, they want about, more me is what you're saying that, i mean in that <laughs> instance it was it was like brett it was like brett shut the hell up and let Sahadev talk and i'm like i i don't know i feel like when i inject myself into Sahadev's thoughts or patrick's thoughts it's either because i've got a really good quip that i want to drop and i'm sorry i'm not going to stop doing that or it's because I'm, I am, uh, in my mind, I know where you guys want to go with something. And so I'm just sort of like, you know, making a note on something so that and then and then steer. I, I mean, and, I have know, to but, say, I, I get the same criticism all the time. Less Brett, more Sahadev. Like, <laughs> like this is fair. how we make it go. This yeah. is this uh-huh. is really how we take the podcast to the top. That's the rebalancing. <laughs> Mooney, it's the perfect level. You know, he's 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 good. You know, Brett, just, just, honestly, Brett, I hadn't really noticed those interjections because typically when you're talking, I just do like Wordle or check Twitter or something <laughs> like that. But I did think it was interesting. The whole like people are saying thing. What, like, where was this feedback you're getting? Are you like <laughs> like like reading reviews and comments constantly? Or, like people stop you on the the street, or like you know you're dancing in the bleachers it, and people are videotaping just, you. I, I got it shouted at me from across the street. It's like, hey Brett, <laughs> shut the hell up on the podcast. Uh, they had he had a sign that said uh, "Let Sahadev speak," and uh, I was like, okay. I get it. I get it. 
I will. So I will try in in response to that. Again, it was very earnest feedback. Uh, I think I disagree with it. You're allowed to like disagree with it, right? I mean, <laughs> I, but I think it was well intentioned. So I'm going you're to be fine. mindful of you're, it. You're good. And when I shove myself in, it's only going to be for like really good stuff, which is what I say exclusively is really good stuff. So I should be safe. All right. With that in mind, let's talk some Cubs stuff. Uh, as I said, the Cubs split that series with the Brewers. And certainly, you know, once again, we had the flashes of fun, enjoyable things to discuss. Obviously, Christopher Morrell with the Cubs' first walk-off of the year. Um, the Cubs winning the game before that was a really exciting back and forth. You know, the Cubs were taking leads, blowing leads, finding a way to win it late. Patrick Wisdom with the big homer. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Bullpen was fantastic last night. Hadn't seen that in a while. Um, so certainly we can touch on any of that that you like. But I think what's striking me about this moment in time, particularly as we move into June, which means you start to get into trade rumor season, I think the Cubs' considerations about how they handle the roster and playing time is is going to come into focus uh, because we we have already seen Nick Madrigal has come back. Jason Hayward has come back. Seiya Suzuki is going to come back. And that against an understanding that Morell has made himself, I don't want to say, uh, you know, locked in or indispensable or any of those things, but it'd be pretty hard to justify not having him play regularly right now because both because he's succeeding and because he fulfills what you're looking for as a Cubs team in 2022, which is let's find out some things about guys who might matter in 2023. And so I wanted to start there because the this is the second time he's been the elephant in the room. I, when I was looking back to try to find that uh, criticism that was offered, I was looking back at some old uh, titles for episodes and, and we had Jason Hayward as the elephant in the room previously, but he is right now and figuring out how and when to use him, how the Cubs deal with his spot on the roster. It's, it's delicate. It's tricky and it's delicate. And I just am curious where you guys think it goes from here. Uh, I mean, Patrick covered the game yesterday, so I'll, I could be wrong on this, but some of the tweets I saw kind of made it seem like Morell is going to be getting regular playing time. Like, that's not uh, a spot that Cubs fans should be con- uh, concerned about. And and that that's the right decision. You can tell how much Ross likes having him in the lineup on the team. Uh, I it, Unless he goes into a deep, deep funk at some point, I'd be... It seems like he's up here for the rest of the season, right? I, I mean... I guess there's maybe I'm not considering some future roster crunches, but that just seems like it, the logical thing to do right now to to keep him up. He they don't have that natural center fielder, and and it looks like he could handle that for for the majority of the time. And we know he's he's flexible and can play all over the place. So that's that that situation seems like okay. Cubs fans don't need to stress about that. But immediately yesterday we saw Hayward in the lineup, and I saw complaints about. Frazier not playing and I get it you know he's 27 years old he he's coming off probably his best game as a cub and and he sits and that's that's got to be tough for Cubs fans to swallow Jason Hayward just doesn't have a future with the Cubs as far as what this team is doing and what the future holds for the organization as a whole 
it just logically playing Frazier makes more sense. And you're right. When Suzuki's in all likelihood, unless this finger, unless there's some ligament tear that we don't know about or something, uh, unless there's something worse here, he's going to be back relatively soon. And I, I just don't know what they do. Uh, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, we, we talked about it in April and it's, and it's back now, the, the elephant in the room. So you have to, I mean, I think we all know what, you know, Cubs fans decision would be, but I'm not sure if David Ross and Jed Hoyer are ready to do that. I think we'll all years from now be telling our grandchildren about the great 40 man roster crunch of 2022, how the 21 and 29 Cubs, 10 games out of first place, destined to sell the trade deadline, had so many good players that they could not fit them all within one 40 man roster. Because that's kind of what we're talking about here. I mean, what do the what do the Cubs do? They always like, and I know Brett, you're always on this on Twitter. They always wait to put guys on the injured list. Or I was like, let's give it another day, give it another day, and then they're on the injured list for like way too long, out of proportion to what the injury initially was. More stuff is going to happen. I think, even though he hasn't played that much, the Cubs have seen a lot of Clint Frazier. I mean, Chris Morrell is probably not the greatest his player in the history of baseball. He's going to cool down eventually, <laughs> and he has not, I think, gotten a single at bat at the AAA level. I just feel like some of this is going to sort itself out inevitably, and I think the one thing that was still in play as of last night was Caleb Killian coming up uh, to start one of those Saturday games at Wrigley Field against the Cardinals, and that would be one thing to at least change the conversation here of, you know, what are the Cubs doing? What are they in this for? That if you get the guy who's now, I think, a top 100 prospect, which list was that, guys? I mean, we were talking about that off Baseball air. America. Baseball America. Like, yep. Number 100. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a favor to some, like, Cubs for an office guy who, like, <laughs> himself, right? Like, like Arsene well, Alcantara I... was somehow, like, the 100, you know, and that gave yeah. the Cubs six a couple years ago. It does always feel like when they do those re-ranks, whoever slides in at number 100 does feel like we're, you know, it's like, oh, shit, we got to get him on there somewhere because, like, we need to be able to say he's a top 100 guy. Uh, so that's whoever gets that that 100th slot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was, hey, that was merely an interjection. That's I was not, I was not trying to take the Will reins you interrupt there. Practice, Patrick's... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, I have, uh, you know, I'm that's the other reason I won't be able to interject as much in this podcast is my my Internet connection appears to be unstable today. So there's a there's a little love for that feedback as my Internet is rebelling against me. Um, well, so, OK, so I, I want to touch on a couple of those uh, things, both the Killian aspect and the Clint Frazier aspect. And I will maybe I'll just comment on the Frazier part so we can move off of it in relation to Jason Hayward because it's also it's not just Frazier it's also Rafael Ortega who has quietly been fantastic since I believe the third week of April he's just been what he was last year which is raking off of righties and while he may not be an important part of the 2023 Cubs team and beyond it is not at all hard to imagine that there is a contender that would like to add him to their outfield mix in July and so you want him to still be playing as well. And so uh, with Frazier, I try to remember 
we're going to have a whole three month period of this year where it's just going to be that sort of give guys playing time period. And and that's when Frazier might play every day. And so I, I try not to get too chapped here on June 1st, June 2nd, that he's not starting in right field. And, uh, but that is, that is why people responded so negatively to that lineup yesterday. You know, it's, it's, he, it feels like giving Frazier a look is considerably more important than, you know, keeping Hayward in the fold because he's a veteran with a good presence and he's under contract and et cetera. I don't know. Do you, if you have anything else to add on that, interject yourself now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> no, no. I I mean, I understand what Patrick's saying. But, oh, God, but, how do you interrupt sorry. me, Sade? I, I, I what are you doing? Anyways, I said I no, and then to, I still on. have thoughts. We're trying to talk. <laughs> Jeez. God. I'm trying to keep the flow going, and you're just spouting off less Sahadev, please. That's my feedback. <laughs> That's the feedback. Uh, all right. Actually, I don't even have anything to say. <laughs> oh, see how I derailed it? Uh, he was going to say something, and then I I derailed it. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> on Killian and the rotation stuff, uh, it is cool that he's back under you know consideration for one of those doubleheader games on Saturday. Of course, the reason is the Cubs now have multiple injuries in the rotation again with Wade Miley going out with some shoulder soreness. Uh, I believe in the ramp up to the season, it was, it was dubbed inflammation, you know, there in the shoulder. So you're talking about more of the joint. This is more, this has been dubbed a strain. So you're talking muscular unknown, the severity of it. He didn't seem too concerned, but we've seen this turn into a month long thing before. Was it an Uh, elbow? Wasn't it elbow entering the season? Oh, elbow inflammation. Sorry, excuse me. I just, yeah. I, I suppose the distinction I'm drawing only being that one was sort of like that. Oh, it's a mildly irritated structure. This is a mildly irritated muscle. Right. Um, and Drew Smiley, it's the oblique, which, you know, it, that that always comes with the significant range of possible returns. And I don't think we have a good sense of it yet. And both of those guys, of course, pretty important to be making starts for the Cubs, at least when July rolls around, because let's be honest, they are potential trade pieces. And so in the meantime, it feels kind of okay that they're sitting down because their absence would provide the opportunity to potentially see Caleb Killian if the Cubs can sort out the monster 40-man crunch to which Mooney referred. (laughs) I do love that. See, I'm one of these people who is like, it is a bad crunch. I want to keep all these players, but it is. It's not a good team, so how could they have too many good players? I get it. I get it. I like Uh, to, like, test out a couple of bits on the podcast, and I've told you you can kind of, like, test out material. I'm like, if it doesn't sound totally idiotic, then, like, it's... Filters its way into our website at some point. We, we are the yeah, editorial process as a New York Times yes. company. We, we are the little company. club. Yeah, we're the club that Mooney goes to before he films his Netflix special. He's like, all right, is this working? Is this not? Uh, and so also, this the absence will afford the opportunity to something that we've talked about before, which is Keegan Thompson getting more starts. And he will start tonight uh, for the Cubs against the Cardinals. And... You know, I I have been of the mind that it looks like his stuff plays better in those three inning bursts, but I don't know. The two starts that he got when he was able to be a little bit stretched out 
certainly were compelling. And, uh, you know, I'm open to, to him just having taken a developmental step forward and um, now having an opportunity to maybe back to back make multiple starts. I'd like to see how that plays, um, where he could maybe get into that five, six inning range if possible and, and see how the stuff holds. So I, I'm excited about that. You know, I'm not celebrating injuries to, to guys that the Cubs need starting, but I am excited that this is an opportunity to give Thompson a little more runway as a starter and kind of get, get a better sense of that. Yeah, I mean, this is what this is what the season has come to, right? You got to figure out what you have and and who who can do what. And and Keegan is clearly a big piece of the future, or, or a piece of the future. But what role that is is yet to be determined. So, it, I mean, yeah, you definitely want to see Keegan out there. I think, uh, you know, Caleb Killian, whether he comes up now or not, it's. It's happening this season, right? I mean, the fact that he didn't make his last start is a is a sign that they're they're holding on at least checking that as a real possibility. So, uh, you can, I mean, we joke that he's number one hundred, but you know, there's the system outside of Brennan Davis. I mean, this is a pretty almost perfect scenario for the system, right? Overall, like. They've, I mean, Pete Crow Armstrong, like Patrick talked about last episode, I mean, a guy getting bumped to high A, like that's such big news. <laughs> but I mean, he's, I mean, I've had people outside the organization just buzzing about him saying some pretty crazy things about how good they think he is. Uh, and, and a guy that didn't even make the top 100 that I think if he doesn't by the end of this season i expect it uh, at some point in his minor league career but kevin alcantara looks insanely good for his age and what he's doing i mean he just destroys baseballs and that's a guy that entering the year outside of the org that's the guy that people pointed to and told me if there's a guy that's going to be a superstar now there's a low floor as well there's a bust factor there but that's him. He's a potential superstar player. Uh, and right now, you know, it's a low A, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But he looks like he's figuring things out at, at, at Myrtle Beach. And uh, who knows if he gets to high A. But, I mean, these things can move quickly. And, and it's it should be exciting in that sense, in one sense, for Cubs fans, what they're able to do with the farm system. Uh, but you'd much rather they be at higher levels. So Caleb Killian, if if he gets that taste of Wrigley, I mean that'd be that'd be fun. It's supposed to be. I'm pretty sure Saturday's going to be a beautiful day at Wrigley. It's a doubleheader against the Cardinals. That would be pretty fun for him to if that if he makes his debut and if he looks good. Uh, that would be, a, you know, one of the bigger stories for the Cubs through uh, two plus months of the season, and. I mean, we touched on it at the beginning, Brett, how it felt good to, for uh, for fans to, for you in particular, you like how when they win the end of a series, but those have to be, are those the best back-to-back games they've had this year? I mean, Tuesday was the first time in a while where I was like engaged in a game, like watching and like, and, and I had a piece that I was writing that had nothing to do with the game, if I'm remembering correctly. And and but I was still engaged in the game, and I was like interested. I was like, "Oh, this is this is a fun baseball game." And then yesterday was similarly entertaining. I mean, 
to have entertaining back-to-back wins for the Cubs feels like uh, feels like it hasn't happened much this year. Uh, maybe at the very beginning with that hot start, uh, but outside of that, there's they're they're playing their most entertaining baseball and potentially have finally some pieces for the future up and and more coming up possibly so this was the beginning of the return to the seven o'clock first pitches right yeah this week this week was so basically this is like their window to sell tickets and engage their fans and the season is essentially already over (laughs) <laughs> and they have their best starting pitching prospect in a generation. I mean, since probably like Jeff Samarja, like we're talking about the entire length of the Theo Epstein regime. And it seems like they're just kind of overthinking this one, to be honest. Like, you know, Killian has this classic starting pitching profile. He's done almost everything you've asked from a developmental perspective, his performance as Sahadev has reported uh, has just ticked up with each, almost every outing here. Like he's on a good trend line and we're talking about some of the peripheral things and things that, you know, under the hood are looking better and better here. Uh, Cubs Cardinals Saturday at Wrigley field. Um, The Cubs keep talking about how they're, you know, infrastructure at the major league level is really focused on player development now. And they talk up all these, you know, interchangeable relievers, how, you know, good they're doing. So like, why not? Like, you know, you need this, you hope this is a guy that you can plug into the 2023 opening day rotation. Like, let's see what you got, see what this guy has, not just in terms of stuff, but in terms of composure, like this seems like such a, great opportunity if you would just stop overthinking it and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free direct tv gives you access to apps like netflix and live sports right next to each other i don't get it let me put it in pigeon terms it's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place how am i supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm reminded, as you're saying that, of a conversation we had about a month ago when the rash of injuries started on the positional side. And it started to get to the point where it was like, there aren't that many guys healthy left on the 40-man. At what point do we say this guy, Christopher Morrell, and this guy, Nelson Velasquez, have to just just come up because who cares, you know, whatever, what's there to lose? That was exactly what we said. And, and you start to get that feeling again with Killian where your, your upside, your, un, you know, maybe a little more likely with Killian than with Morrell, but like, that's your upside is that he comes up and it's like, oh, this guy just needs to stick around because he's doing very well. He's very fun. It's very enjoyable and there's no harm in it. And then the flip side is if he comes up and it's a disaster of an outing, who cares? What is the downside there? I tend, I'm of the mind that there are potentially significant developmental benefits, especially for those really top tier prospects to come up, get the experience, face a big league lineup, a very good lineup in the Cardinals, see how they attack you, see how they respond to your stuff. And you can learn from that. And, and I, I don't know, we talked about this before with Morel and Velasquez. I don't know the makeup, you know, intimately of Caleb Killian, Maybe there's some reason why that would be more deleterious for his development. 
I, I don't see how that could be, but uh, assuming it's not, then there is no downside. Either he pitches really well and it's like, cool, great, awesome, let's enjoy this, uh, and he's going to get some experience out of that too, or it doesn't go very well and it's like, oh, okay, so when I don't have, you know, my four-seamer, this, this is how they might respond, and, you know, you just, you're going to get stuff out of that. So, if, especially if he's going to end up back at AAA at some point this year anyway, which he might as other guys get healthy, give him something to take with him back there to work on because as we've seen this year, I don't, other than length in his outings, I don't really know what he has left to uh, know that he needs to work on at AAA Iowa because he's just owning AAA batters. Like, I don't know how much value you're getting out of that. So yeah, I'm with, I'm with you guys. I don't see a whole lot of downside in bringing him up and I see a lot of potential upside. So hopefully that, uh, hopefully that is something seriously entertained. And I mean, stretching a guy out can happen in the big leagues in the sense that when I say stretching a guy out, I'm not saying like three, four or five innings. He's already you can do five, six innings if you really want to push him. Do it at the big league level. I mean, the whole point of of bringing in these coaches is what Patrick said. I mean, they want to continue developing at the big league level. OK, let's see it. Do it. That's I mean, that's what this season has turned into. So just lean into it. Don't don't avoid reality. And they're not. They're not. They they know where they are. Right. They understand that. So, I mean, who there's nobody else. The only question would be 40 man roster stuff. And there's just nobody else on the 40 man that you're going to use. I guess you could well, bring back up Anderson Espinoza. Uh, Alec Mills could return. From and Alec Mills. OK, I forgot about Alec Mills coming back. So I guess that's. There are options, uh, so you but you still have to make forty man moves outside of Espinoza, right? I mean, Mills is on the sixty. When, right. when does Mills that returns, end? Uh, he is eligible to return. It's Isn't uh, that after he's been out this since weekend? the start of. The, yeah, I think he and Bodie. It's I have June sixth in my head because I think that was you know it's the and, the day before the first day of or excuse me the the opening. So day. so he's so, so he's not days. an option. So. I mean, not for it, this, not for Saturday. I don't think no. And Espinoza um, would have to be an injury. Is, Mills is June June sixth. Okay, yeah. and Espinoza would have to be an injury to come back up, right? Because correct. He was, so it, I mean, there's no real option here. There's no, I mean, unless you're going to go bullpen game, bullpen day, in yeah. the midst of what is it? How many games and how many days? Nine, Eleven games, nine, nine days and nine games and seven days. Yeah, part of it. so you can't. I mean, it, it's. This seems like the most logical choice. Are you going to, unless they're going to make a 40-man move for Luke Farrell or or someone else at, at AAA that's a, you know, a veteran uh, AAA guy, the up-down guy, uh, it's it's time. It seems like it's time. I, I agree with Patrick. The more I think about it, the more I'm just like, what, what are we doing here? Why are we discussing this? They are, if, if this is anything but like, a, unless there's some legitimate reason that we just aren't aware of, then it, they're overthinking these things at this point. Right. Like if there was some physical reason that we're not aware of or some developmental, they have this specific plan and they're like, no, this is this would actually be an issue because X, Y, and Z, but we can't say it publicly. You know, you always leave open that possibility, but absent that stuff, it just feels like it felt on the positional side a month ago where it's like, you're just kind of out of reasons not to do it. So we'll see. Uh, Cubs open that series against the Cardinals tonight, and it's a four-gamer with the doubleheader on Saturday. 
Uh, Cardinals coming to Wrigley Field, always, always fun, even in a year like this. Uh, you can have that enjoyment. Uh, Albert Pujols back with the Cardinals. So they got him and uh, Yachty and Adam Wainwright. I, I don't, you know, I'm not like fanning over them, but the storyline is cool. And I, I do, uh, there's a part of me that is looking forward to him being back at Wrigley Field in a Cardinals uniform because it's been easy to forget because it's been a decade, but like he was the preeminent villain at Wrigley Field for a very long time. There was who who was a bigger villain at Wrigley Field than Albert Pujols? I, I, Ryan Braun, I guess. Those were the guys. Braun and Braun was kind Edmonds. of for different reasons. <laughs> there was redemption Edmonds, there, right? There was redemption there, though. Okay, He's, you mean you mean Chicago Cubs legend Jim Edmonds? Jim yeah, yeah, come on, get out of here. <laughs> uh, so we will enjoy that series. And we will be back at you early next week. This is Aunt Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett, the interjector Taylor. You can read my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That is Patrick Mooney and Sahadev Sharma. Get theirs at The Athletic. And we always do appreciate you. And sincerely, I joke about it, but we love the feedback. Give us the feedback. Uh, you can drop comments uh, in the reviews as long as you give us five stars. Yeah. And uh, we will uh, appreciate that, and we'll give you we'll give you semi sarcastic shouts on the next pod. So take care, all, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.